0: Today's reboot episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Action for Education. This nonprofit organization founded by my good friend and today's guest on the podcast, Mike Mastriani. Action for Education works to create affordable, accessible, and sustainable opportunities for education and healthcare in Western Honduras. Their mission, centered around capacity building, they want to bring resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities to succeed in their own ways. To that end, they work with partners in Honduras to ensure that their program best matches the needs of the community. By drawing on expertise from those around Honduras and in the United States, they strive to make their model as effective as possible. To donate or for more information or to learn more about their next medical mission trip coming this summer, visit number 4 educationorg That's number 4 educationorg So before we get into our conversation here, I'd also just like to apologize to Mike. Uh, we recorded this conversation quite a while ago. It was maybe like two, three weeks ago at least. And I'm just getting out the podcast right now. So, um... I, it's it's still it's still relevant uh, information. It's still relevant conversation. Um, we talk about his his nonprofit organization and some Yankee baseball and some just overall baseball, and um, we still have a good conversation. So it's definitely worthwhile listening, and uh, I hope you enjoy. So coming up, we got me and Mike Mashiani talking about his most recent trip to Honduras as well as some discussion about early season baseball. So thanks for listening. Here's episode thirty of Vicious Talk with Benny P. No, I mean, Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Today's guest is going to be my good friend Mike Mastriani. is coming on the podcast for a second time. To remind everyone, Mike came on my podcast here, Vicious Talk with Benny P, for episode number 17. We talked about his pre-med studies on here, his preparation for med school, and his nonprofit organization, Action for Education. He's from upstate New York as well, so we talked a little bit about New York sports too on that podcast um, back in November, I think. Mike graduated with me at the College of the Holy Cross in 2016. He got his undergraduate degree in biology with a concentration in biological psychology. His master's at Tufts in biomedical sciences, and he's going to be starting medical school soon at Tufts as well, right, Mike? Yeah, exactly, man. All right, so Mike's the founder and president of the nonprofit organization Action for Education. He's also writing for a sports blog now called Fan Sided, covering the Yankees on their Yanks... Uh, go yanks go yard page um, and he's excited to catch up here on vicious talk and he, i'm excited to hear about how his most recent uh, trip to honduras went last month um, through his non-profit organization action for education but without further ado i'll introduce my guest mike mastriani mike how's it going buddy
1: Benny, i'm doing good it's great to be back man
0: yeah man i'm Exactly. It's it's good to bring you back on. It's actually been a little bit um, of time since I posted any new Vicious Talks, um, and I'm just kind of looking forward to getting back in the routine, and I'm really happy to have you back on and kind of my my, my reboot of Vicious Talk with Benny B. Kind of, it's, it's been about a month since – over a month since I was able to post anything kind of new for here, so it's going to be a good time just kind of getting this going, and I'm excited to hear what you got to say, man. I know
1: for sure, bro. I mean, I love what you do, so I'm always excited to kind of do this again. So as soon as you texted me about it, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." I like it, so I'm excited, brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, all right, buddy let's 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 talk about some of what we have planned here. Um, I I, yeah. I ha- have always kind of recently, since we talked on episode 17 of this podcast, I, I I've been mentioning Action for Education, your nonprofit organization. Um, kind of whenever I can as a little bit of a sponsor for the podcast, just because I know how great of a, a organization you've created um, Action for Education. So you appreciate actually it. went, you went on your most recent trip to Honduras last month in in March, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. At first, I appreciate you doing that too. It's out for us. So definitely appreciate it. And all the time words too. But yeah, we went to, did another uh, medical mission trip this past March. We went for about a week from the 3rd to the 10th in March. Uh, it, was, it was really great, man. We we went to a, a different area than we usually went to. So we went to a place called San Manuel Honduras, which is a, about an hour from where we fly in, which is called San Pedro Sura. It was pretty interesting, a little bit different than last year, um, the last few trips, just because this time we uh, we, we we stayed well. But instead of like setting up the clinic in one, in one spot the whole week, uh, we, we ended up traveling every day, uh, which is pretty cool. So we, we stay at the same hotel every day, obviously. But then, you know, in the morning, we'd have breakfast and we'd pack up our, our trucks and everything, pack up all the medicine, all the supplies, and our whole team, obviously. And we would take about, about an hour to an hour and a half at, at the most, a uh, long trip to just a kind of a remote village, honestly, like a really remote rural. Yeah. kind of area where they really see any sort of care at all or if they do it's very very rare uh so it's pretty cool kind of seeing everything it's kind of like <laughs> kind of felt like we were going on a little amazon trip you have to <laughs> yeah. you know, pack in, packing their trucks and co- going up mountains and all this stuff yeah. so, that's
0: really not incredible cool. man that's incredible country. um yeah i mean
1: it's a beautiful country too so it's like it's really it's kind of a a relaxing way to start the day, and then you get to the actual clinic where we're where we're supposed to set up for the day. And there's like usually like you know a ton of people waiting for us. So as soon as we like kind of turn the corner, it kind of hits us like, oh, oh, all right, our, d- our day's about to get a lot more. <laughs> That's <laughs> lot awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. How
0: so? How how yeah. long was this most recent trip? Um, how long were you out there? Oh
1: so, yeah, it was a week, and then we uh, yeah, so we ended up we usually do Saturday to Saturday um so we we did we did it at a pretty good time it wasn't march was not too hot there so it was a little bit it was good on that aspect of it and we also got like a little so we we usually set up the clinic during the week but so since we get there on saturday uh we usually have a day of kind of like relaxation we call it so sunday we were able to go to this beach Uh oh, it was really really nice man i mean like the water was clear like completely clearly blue Uh, it was like, literally it felt like a hot tub too. So yeah, we, we had a little fun too. So it was a good, good overall trip. That's for sure.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. So what, so what city were you, were you stationed in where, where your hotel was? And then what kind of cities did you guys, uh, what villages did you guys visit to, uh, help with your medical clinic?
1: Yeah. So we, we stayed in San Manuel, which is about, um, a little bit far from, uh, city it's not too far from the city actually but a little bit about an hour hour and a half out um, and then we would usually travel uh, we traveled to a couple places called Morazan, which is a just another kind of so the way they set up their country is kind of they're, they're called departments uh, which I kind of compare them to is like mini states pretty much okay. um, we would travel to probably probably hit like two or three separate departments which aren't usually we were used where we're centered in San Manuel is like kind of like in the Kind of like an intersection between a couple departments, so we were able to travel to different places pretty easily. Luckily, uh, we were able to do that. So once we kind of set up shop in these places, uh, we'd have like, like I said, about you know, I would probably say a couple hundred people waiting for us when we got there. um and Usually, they would you know have a nice line for us and everything. As soon as we got okay. there, you know, unload the trucks. Kind of really like cool. get everything over. yeah, it's pretty crazy in the beginning because you kinda have to like figure out what the up for the day.
0: Like that's, that's out I guess,
1: there? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, a little bit. Yeah. So we, we usually we usually do well out there. I mean we they really like seeing us and so we obviously like seeing them too. We usually make a lot of good friends over there. Especially with the kids too, if they like to kind of okay. mess around with us and like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a great experience for sure. I mean we uh we went there, uh, I think, like, the first day we show up, and, you know, mm-hmm. usually the first day is the kind of the test trial day, I like to call it, where you're kind of just learning the ropes of the week, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so, we, yeah, so, it's, like I said, it's pretty crazy. You get there, you try to set everything up, but at the same time, you have, like, patients wandering around, so you got to keep them in line and all this. So, it's, it can be pretty hectic, <laughs> but... I bet, man, that, it sounds that,
0: crazy. But, I mean... Yeah. It so remind me and and I mean I, obviously I know a, a, a lot about your your nonprofit organization at this point, but remind some of my listeners here um, what exactly it is and kind of what some, some of the work and, and accomplishments you guys have already ac- uh, have achieved. Um, for yeah, action, for, sure. for education for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. So like you said, we're Action for Education. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, We're technically based in New York, but we do all of our work in Honduras. Uh, So pretty much how I got involved in this or how it first started was I went on a medical mission trip when I was a freshman at Holy Cross, uh, just through a separate organization, which is a really large international organization called MMI or Medical Ministry International, which is MMI for short. Uh, And pretty much when I was down there. I made one really, really good friend uh, named Jorge. Um, he, was, he was a trip director in Honduras for our trip, so he yeah. was uh, running things for us. Uh, but pretty much after uh, one day uh, at a clinic, me and him just talked for a bit, and he just told me about his dream of trying to open a public school in his community, of San Pedro Sula, uh, which is a, it's a pretty tough city. I mean, it had, up until recent, I think until recently it had the highest murder rate in the world. I think it's second now. Oh, wow. uh, so it's a really, you know, there's a lot of poverty there, which leads to violence usually. Um, so it's 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 definitely a, a great area of need. Um, so he pretty much told me that you know his community didn't have a school for you know over 100 kids, over hundreds of kids that um, weren't able to attend the nearest public schools because they were either filled to capacity or they couldn't afford to do it. Um, and so when he told me that pretty much, pretty naively, to be honest, cause I, I kind of just did it on a whim uh, So I promised him, you know, let's do this. I want to build it for you. Uh, and pretty much, you know, I, I tried to stick with it as much as I could. Uh, and really, really long story short, was able to raise the initial, uh, 10 to 12 grand, uh, that we wanted to use just to build this, the initial plans of our school. Um, and so we ended up building the Juan Orlando Hernandez public school, uh, which is named after the president of Honduras, which is pretty interesting in itself because he, when we were trying to, when we went to the government to get all the accreditations and everything, uh, he pretty much said, like, the uh, only way we're going to support your school is if you name it after me. So we were yeah. like, all right, we'll do that. So That's yeah, crazy. it was the only school on the earth with his name on it, which could be good or bad depending on how people view the president. But <laughs> so far, <laughs> it's all right right now though we're definitely we're getting some government support and everything but since since we built that school our organization pretty much been first we established it to maintain the school obviously make some improvements to it uh so after i think our first year we had about 150 students and now we are in our fourth year and have 375 students to k through ninth grade public school and wow. in honduras ninth it's like the the end of your primary education pretty much so after you finish at our school you have to go to like it's kind of like it's secondary schooling i wouldn't say it's necessarily like a high school but it's it's kind of a little bit higher education uh, than what we're used to so we get them through the the basic set of primary education which is really really good because in honduras you know only about 30 percent of kids end up going to school past the fifth grade and that's because public education is only free until the fifth grade yeah so a lot of these families don't have incentives to send their kids to school because first their average wage over there is about buck fifty a day, and so if you're only making a buck fifty a day and you know your kid can't get more than a fifth grade education, um you pretty much don't have much incentive to send them to school yeah. so a lot of these kids will end up working on the family farm or working around the house or helping you know their dad at their at his job or uh, just kind of doing odd jobs to help support the family and they end up. Uh, not being able to get an education, which is obviously can lead to poverty and lack of opportunity and everything. Uh, So what our school is doing uh, is pretty much we made it completely tuition free. So even past the fifth grade, free to attend our school. So we we pretty much try to eliminate those. uh, We pretty much try to incentivize these families to to send their kids to school. Now, obviously, not only help the, the kid, but also help the family in the long run. Um, and then ever since we started that school, we kind of branched out, um, and I brought in some other people into the organization, obviously too. Uh, you know, you know Carl Perry and Mike Chermella They were the the two kids from Holy Cross who originally started the organization with me. Uh, yeah. But since then, we've about I'd say about 12 to 13 members um, in our nonprofit. And we also since then we we started a nursing school this past February. And again, tuition awesome. free kind of. Yeah, it was, it's really cool. I mean, we've been working on this project for over two years. And it's, you know, it, it can be difficult work, uh, just getting the accreditations with the government and everything. And obviously, it can be a lengthy process. So it's really yeah. a long time coming. Work went into it. So we we're really excited to get it built. Uh, it's tuition-free, just like our public school. We already have, you know, 45 students enrolled. And it's just really important just because, um, you know, it's such a great career for, the, for these Hondurans too. I mean, it's, uh, you'll you know, you'll always have work. It's a pretty good paying job, uh, relative to the country too. Yeah. And these people, like I said, it's tuition free. So they don't have to pay for they they don't have to pay for their education to yeah, get you know, sure. a pretty specialized degree. Yeah. So we're we're doing a lot of work with that right now. We're just um we're even trying to have them. And obviously, the 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 accessibility to healthcare in Honduras isn't the best. Uh, so just having those nurses. Uh, pumping out, you know, 45 nurses in the next two years, that's going to be really good for the region just because in this particular region, it's called yeah. trinidad Hunter. They really don't have any sort of primary care there. Um, so these are, they're going to be kind of centered. Part part of our program is they have to uh, work in like a rural region where there's little little to no access to these kind of primary care options. Um, So it's kind of getting at two Two kind of areas of concern one is you know like i said the healthcare aspect and then two it gives these people a career um so we're, we're really excited about that and then obviously like we talked about a little bit our organization also does medical service trips to a bunch of areas in honduras so if we've grown a lot in the last couple of years and this year particularly has been really good so i've been out of school uh, so i've really been focusing on it it's been, been a, a, a heck of a year so far so yeah. excited to see where we're going
0: that's incredible yeah. stuff man um, you're doing really well with that. Um, I mean, when I made, I made a, 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 small donation, like what last week or something and you guys leave an open like spot for comments when you, when you guys put, uh, for the, for your donations paid on your web page, yep. on your yep. website. And so I just put out like in a joking way, just keep doing yeoman's <laughs> work. And I mean, I was, being, I was joking, but I mean, it's truth, man. You guys, you, you, you touched on it already, like how dire the need is for the services you're doing out there, and you're really you're you're doing a lot of things, and you're able to visually see the impact you you've made already on on these communities that you're touching in Honduras, and just just kind of break it down. Give me give me a a little bit about how you're feeling in terms of what kind of impact you're being able to generate for these people. I mean, how how does it feel to be able to see what um, kind of changes you've been you've been able to implement um, in these communities that are clearly in such such need, um, and like how has it sure. impacted you and how you kind of perceive things in your life now?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. First, thanks for that donation too, and thank you, everyone. Thank <laughs> I, I, you didn't, I didn't
0: do it to bring it up <laughs> here. Like I didn't I didn't do it. To, no, no, no. You know So
1: I know. I, yeah, thank you too. I always gotta say thank you. So I'm the kid who usually says thank you too much. So that's usually my <laughs> problem. <laughs> no, no. Worries. But yeah it's 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 great to see how it's all come along it's pretty cool it's usually I don't go you know I'm obviously not in Honduras all the time so I usually come back you know at least once a year maybe maybe twice a year if I'm lucky uh it's really amazing to just kind of come back and the school's communities and my friends in my friend pretty much around the corner from my friend's house who I usually stay with and so whenever I go back to the school there's usually some sort of improvement on it uh like last year uh when i went we had a big concrete wall pretty much constructed around the school and i would never seen that before and it was it just completely changed how everything looked to me and the reason for that wall was uh, pretty much like like, like i said San pedro school has got uh it can be a little violent area obviously a lot of people when they when they don't have you know economic opportunity or don't have much of a financial future they can tend to turn to these these gangs and uh, these people that promised them, you know, a better future, brotherhood, the cool thing to do, that, you know, that whole kind of uh, aspects of life. Um, Definitely. So when you, so these people, you know, they see uh, they see our school kind of doing well for itself, uh, and they, they kind of don't like that. It kind of rubs those gangs the wrong way. Um, and so they, they, we did have some instances where we were worried about, you know, a drug dealer coming in and trying to, uh, deal to our students, and so to do to kind of combat that, and make sure it didn't happen, you know, in the least confrontational way possible. Pretty much, we just built this huge wall around the school, <laughs> and we have, and they can't get in. You know, they can't get near our school. Trump we have star. a guard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, we have a guard there. So the only the only way you're getting in is if we know you. Uh,
0: so it's no that's the way to do it for sure. That sounds super simple.
1: Exactly. Just like seeing the students, I mean, it's amazing to see. uh, You know, it's our fourth year now, so I've seen a few students start. You know, pretty low. uh, You know, pretty they're young, obviously. When I first when we first started school, and now to see them in eighth or ninth grade, and they're some of them are taller than me. They they all kind of just like really gravitate towards our group every time we go there. I mean, they. I mean, every time we go there, it's pretty much like a celebration. They walk into school you'll hear kids just start screaming like like Justin Bieber's walking into the school or something like that. And it's not, you know, not for me, it's for a whole group there. Um, it's, it's incredible to see, um, kind of how the whole community pulled together around the school and around our, you know, around every, all of our projects so far. Um, they really, they really, really appreciate it sincerely. And that's something that, you know, I always hold closely to my heart. And I, you know, I've heard a quote the other day where it's like, uh, if you serve others, uh, they'll end up helping you somehow, and I think that's that's so true because I mean, well, I obviously went in doing this with all these good intentions um uh, but then I mean, after as I'm doing this, like it just absolutely changed my life I mean it became a motivating factor for me uh, i was I, mean, I was struggling at holy cross the first year yeah. um, so to have to have these experience to turn to and to look back on uh, to kind of get me through those hard times has been something that's, you know, so, so, has been so invaluable to me. And I can honestly say like, you know, without these people in Honduras and without this organization and everything that we've done, you know, I wouldn't be going to med school. I wouldn't have been able to live up to, you know, my dreams since I was a little kid uh, because they gave me that motivation. They gave me that, uh, that kind of drive to keep going and to realize what, you know, what I was studying for and what I was working towards. Uh, so those people have given me so much more. Uh, so pretty much all i try to do and all our organization tries to do and i know everyone in the organization's been touched by that by these people too as we just try to get back to them give them give them back what they've given to us That's awesome. um so i know i know they really appreciate it and i know you know all of our all of our members are really motivated to keep going with this so we're going you know, i'm planning to do this for my whole life too so yeah it's not something that i'm just doing right now uh, so i'm gonna you know see how far this goes and i think i think we'll to see the growth we've made in just a few years and where we can be in another few years. is just pretty, it's pretty humbling to be honest.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I could totally understand what you, what you're talking about because I mean, I mean, I'll, we, we were, we were friends in college and stuff and I noticed that the change in you from, from what this d- did for you. I mean, I, we were all, we were really close freshman year, I guess, because we, we lived in the same hall um, and yeah. it was just a, I think the, the change I noticed in you was just a more of a, a moral focus in, in terms of engagement with your friends and, and the things you were just doing in your life. And I, I, I kind of just was I I, I didn't really realize it in the time, but net with, with a little bit more perspective and just kind of understanding what yeah. you went through, I definitely could see how this kind of just changed your perspective in, in terms of what you were living for, what you were studying for, what you were trying to accomplish with your life. And um, I think that anything of this nature, um, in terms of just being able to help people in impoverished areas of the world, is always a, a positive experience for anybody that's considering doing something of this nature. You know.
1: Yeah, 100%. Man. I mean, first the first it wasn't always the easiest. You know, focus in Milady 3C. It wasn't. It wasn't easy <laughs> to do at first. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, so, some famous
0: stories out in Milady. Lady, three. Oh, three
1: definitely. Yeah, so that that that, always, that put me in a little bit of holes. I I, I help people to kind of get out. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it's, it's definitely been great, and I appreciate all the words too, obviously. But it's definitely you know giving me a different perspective and kind of gave me that, like I said, that motivation that I saw I lost. It uh, gave me that all back and more, you know. Uh Just being able, even if you know, even if you know, med school didn't work out, you know, I just realized I had a purpose again. You know, kind of had a something to work for yeah. and people to work for. And I always said I wanted to make a difference in the world to be able to, you know, actually make that difference with not only, you know, myself, but our organization, everyone else involved uh, it has been really just touching to see you know, all the lives we've been able to touch to um, and how we're just all pretty much, you know, everyone in our organization is a college student or a recent college grad uh, yeah. besides my mom, who's the treasurer, obviously. Um, but <laughs> so other than that, has been like, been cool to see not only the the development of our organization but the development of all the people in our organization how we've all grown individually sure. uh through our organization so it's not only you know obviously you know we're centered around helping the people in Honduras, uh, but i think it really is really a, a really strong impact on anyone who wants to you know who gets sure. involved with action for education because not only you know professional development, just the personal development you get out of it, yeah. uh, learning how to do, you know, learning how to keep budgets, learning how to plan things, how to execute things is the biggest thing. I think a lot of people ask me, you know, pretty much so when they talk to me about it, they're pretty stunned that we were able to do all this stuff. And, you know, it was definitely, you know, we've definitely had some obstacles. It's definitely been hard to do. But at the same time, like the actual task of all, you know, of getting these things accomplished, it wasn't it wasn't that difficult it just took someone to do it you know it just took someone to send a bunch of emails that no one wants to send to make a bunch of phone calls that no one wants to make uh, to be willing to put yourself out there uh, a little bit just to just to see you know if, if people are willing to help and usually when what, what you find is that people are willing to help and they are willing to listen to you yeah. especially if they see that genuine about it and that there's a real impact being made uh, I think a lot of people can sometimes be skeptical of, of nonprofits, especially, you know, really huge ones where, you know, you have some administrators who are getting paid salaries and everything like that. So I think the one that, you know, the beautiful thing of our organization is that, you know, we're all volunteers and I'm planning on keeping it that way. Uh, just for, So, you know, all the money that we get from donations and uh, other sorts of funding sources, it goes 100 percent towards the people we serve in Honduras. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's you know it's pretty rare. Now it's not uh, completely uncommon, but just to have that sort of trust factor with our donors, and yeah. the people support it, I think is really important. Uh, so it's been it's been a great, it's been a great ride so far, but I know it's kind of just starting, which is kind of crazy. you know we're gonna have a bunch of us that are gonna be doctors, and we're gonna have a lawyer, we're gonna have nurses. We're gonna have a bunch of different professions uh, in the next few years that awesome. are in our organization. Yeah, so it's gonna be you pretty cool to see for once we're sure. all. Exactly so it's pretty gonna be pretty cool to see how far we yeah.
0: actually go. That's why yeah. I, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep bringing you guys up on the podcast and stuff like that here just to try to spread a little bit more awareness for you guys but the reason why is it's it's obvious how what kind of impact you guys have on both sides of this service. I mean clearly you're helping the people that you're you're working with on Honduras but I mean the the kids and the students and everybody that's involved with action for education and on the service side, is also getting a lot out of it as well. So, I mean, you guys are doing really well.
1: Exactly, man. Appreciate it, too. Um, yeah.
0: So with this most recent trip, I guess my last question I just want to ask you, was, was there any any cool experiences that kind of stuck out with you this time? I mean, you on our, on our last podcast, yeah. you had a lot, a lot of good stories um, about various different people and stuff you met. Was there any single experience that you could think of this time that uh, – it worth mentioning for sure,
1: for sure, man. So I mean, there's this one, uh, so what I usually go, I usually just end up working in the pharmacy the whole day, so I'm a, usually a little bit secluded compared to the rest of the team. um uh, but pretty much one one really special moment that i that I personally witnessed there uh, was so pretty much we so our clinics we have uh, not only do we do a basic primary care uh, taking care of illnesses, but we also have uh, we also do dental care and eye care too. Um, and those, those are huge down there because, yeah. you know, I'm sure you can imagine if there's already a lack of access to primary care for just your general, you know, health, uh, there's, there's definitely going to be a lack of accessibility when it comes to, you know, more specialized services like dentistry and uh, optometry. Uh, so a lot of people down there uh, really, really need glasses. and They're usually too expensive or it's too expensive to see the optometrist. Uh, so we get you know a lot of eyeglass donations too, which is really really important those those that that kind of donation is just you know, even one pair of glasses can really make a huge difference in these people's lives because you know we have some people who come in and they can literally barely see like at all um, and then you know luckily we have you know we get prescription glasses reading glasses the whole nine yards um and so we had this one lady who pretty much couldn't read anything couldn't they couldn't see much at all um and i was watching her uh as she was working with our optometrist and uh after he you know grabbed a pair of glasses that he thought was right for her and he put it on her face and then he showed her just this piece of paper that had some writing on it and she looked at it and i'll just i'll never forget kind of the look in her eyes when she realized wow i can i can read this again you know it was that's kind of funny. one of those cl- yeah, I'm sure you—you know—maybe you've seen some videos on Facebook. People can't see, or something like that, and then they finally get those glasses, and it, it's life-changing for them. And this lady, like, you know, put the glasses on, just started crying, and she was so happy she could see again. She never thought, and she—she was, she was a little bit old too. She never thought she'd be able to, you know, see properly again. So to give her that back uh, was really, really special. Just to see her expression, how much it actually meant to her, you know? And that kind of really motivated me throughout the rest of the week just to, to keep pushing on. Because, you know, That's there's cool. definitely, like, our days can be long in the clinic. Like, no doubt about it. It's hot there. Um, if you're in the pharmacy all day. You're kind of counting the whole day, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it can be a long day. So to kind of have those sort of experiences there and see those kind of things really kind of puts everything back in their perspective for you. And it makes makes me happy to see that just you know one pair of eyeglasses made that kind of difference in someone's life. That's So, cool. Uh, so it's, yeah, it was definitely a great, great thing to see.
0: <laughs> Dude, I could totally relate to that woman. I mean, I think about this all the time. <laughs> I wear con- I wear contacts and glasses, and I, I, without them, I'm really blind. So it's like, I think yeah. about this all the time. I, I'm like, how did the gene for bad eyesight like? <laughs> Evolve in evolution. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how uh, people uh, survived without glasses and contacts before before they uh, were no, invented. Yeah. I don't know how this lady was living like this. It's crazy. Well, right? it's just such a
1: such a change in the quality of life for her. So it's definitely great to see. You know.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. All right, Thank man. You. Yeah, Thank I you. mean, I uh, I'm always down to talk about action for education. You guys are doing some great work. I'm I'm glad to to hear about the good things you guys are doing and this most recent trip. And so we'll definitely have to keep this conversation going on the podcast um, as you guys develop more things. And I'll continue to guys I'll, – I'll continue to um, have you guys sponsor the podcast and I'll mention you guys and I'll, I'll keep listeners updated on what you guys are doing and what trips you guys have coming up. You guys have one in, in this summer, right, June or, or July or something?
1: Yes, we go down for two weeks starting in July 29th to August 12th. Uh, some people can get, you can go for either one week or two weeks. So, um, yeah, so pretty much like if you go, you can go for either the first week, so the 29th or the 5th, or the second week, which is the 5th to the 12th. Or some people choose to go the full two weeks too.
0: Cool. Uh, so yeah, cool. we're
1: going back down. So it should be another good trip. Hopefully,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, man, looking forward yeah. to hearing what you guys keep keep doing out there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good. You guys are expanding really well, growing. Um, and you guys are doing some some yeoman's work down there for sure. Yeah, I love that word, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into kind of the other thing we want to talk about. You're you're a Yankees fan, a diehard Yankees fan. And I I oh, was yeah. never a Yankees fan growing up. I I I'm, I'm an Angels fan, but I mean, my mom's from Rhode Island, so we grew up supporting the Red Sox um, as oh. well. So, I mean, Yankees were kind of the most hated team for me growing up, but they were just too good. But Yankees are always one of the most hot topics around baseball, and when they're good, baseball is is doing well. They're kind of like the Knicks or the Lakers in basketball and the the Cowboys and, like, the Patriots. I don't know. The Patriots are – they were really bad before they were this good, but I mean – just like there's now teams that, in now, sports that like right. the league is better off when they do well, and so the Yankees are really yeah. starting to develop a new wave of talent and and, and a new era beyond the the the, the core um, the core four they had um, with sure. Jeter, um, Rivera, Pettit, um, and those guys. So yeah. I mean, Posada. Oh, yeah. But I mean, yeah. so you've been writing for I mentioned um, in the introduction of the podcast you've been writing for a blog. Um, on Fan cited called uh, Yanks Go Yard. Um, exactly. So kind of just talk about um, how'd you get the job? What inspired you to do it? Um, kind of what the process was for you um, getting into this um, new experience of yours.
1: For sure. I mean, yeah, so I, like you said, I've been a diehard Yankee fan my whole life pretty much. My, you know, my entire room's painted and pinstripes. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy a little bit, <laughs> but I, I pretty much, I, I so I, I've always I'm like an avid reader of sports like I'm sure you are and I would always read about the Yankees and everything I was just so like obsessed with reading about them and I just you know once I was reading you know on the Go Yard the website uh, that I write for uh, I was just reading one of their articles and at the bottom of the article it pretty much said that you know we're looking for other writers and pretty much I, I figured let's let's do it I have a little bit of free time right now so I was like why when when else am I gonna be able to do this so I just submitted an application to them, which is pretty much like, it was a pretty brief application about like two writing samples or something like that. I just submit along with like, you know, what I would like to write about and things like that. Um, so it's pretty, it wasn't too hard to kind of get involved in, um, but pretty much my inspiration behind it was just to kind of share my excitement about the Yankees uh, with other people. So like you said, I think it's we're kind of undergoing a, a renaissance a little bit right now. Not even a little bit. I think it's you know definitely a huge renaissance for yeah. for what they have in the past. Uh, you know, moving from old players like A. Rod, you know, CC's better now. CC Teixeira, Beltran, you know, McCann, yeah. all those guys. Where they were always like okay, they're always like a mediocre team, but yeah. now they. I think I saw. Got, I think was, I saw yesterday
0: or the other day before that they had the first time in like a decade or something like that. They started. Um, their whole starting nine were. Younger than thirty years old.
1: Yeah, so it was yeah, like they're, the they're, there's a youth going
0: exactly.
1: there for sure. Exactly. So I pretty much felt like, all right, I got to get in on this. And then I, to be honest, I would read other people's articles too. And you know, a lot of it's just like pretty much basic analysis, you know. And I felt like I was capable of doing that. I obviously haven't played baseball since since high school, uh, but I was always always really mm-hmm. into baseball. I was I was really into the mental side of baseball too. To be honest, just kind of. The, Whole chess match between the hitter and the pitcher. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I want to. I want to do this. And I figured, like you said, this is the only time I can really do it. So I went along with it. And so far, it's been. I love. I love it. Maybe yeah, a little right? bit too much. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so a big thing, man. It's like I obsess over it. I like when I'm watching them now, it's like it's kind of from a different perspective. And I'm exactly. watching the game, and I'm like kind of thinking about, oh wow, I can write about this or something now, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so it's kind of quick cool. Like. You know, go through my news app on my phone, and you know, I used to just go through that app and read every you know Yankee article that was there, and I still do that. But now I'll see like my article pop up on the news app, and it's That's kind cool. of a little freaky, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. So it's been—I I know yeah. you love
0: it. So. Yeah, so. exactly. So because I, I write for a smaller blog as well, um, called iSportsWeb. I cover the uh, the Angels, the Diamondbacks, and the Clippers, the basketball team um, That's for awesome. them. And with that job, I, I got it. Actually, this is the second time I've worked for them. I worked for them back in 2015 um, for just a summer mm-hmm. while I was trying to just yeah. keep I – I knew I wanted to work in sports uh, coming out of college, so I figured I would try to keep getting some more experience in the, in the industry. And so then when I graduated – um, after I graduated, I had more time, like you mentioned. Same kind of story. I was like, I, I I really enjoyed sports writing the first time I did it, and I figured I would be able to kind of get back into it with a little bit more time on my hands, not going to school. um And I know what you mean. It's super addicting writing about the the, the teams you're following and and your opinions and, and stuff like that. Because you and I were not we're bloggers for 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 the sport, so we're not really breaking any news or anything to anybody. So Break, just like reporting articles and 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 news isn't what we're we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be like sharing our opinions and kind of interpreting what's going on with the teams and stuff. And so, I mean, I think that's a cool aspect of it. It's more of like a column instead of a, a news article. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. I feel like it's like especially in the sports world, was a lot of like group thing. You know, so and I've always kind of thought that subconsciously, but I was never obviously able to act on it until I started writing. So it's kind of cool just to. Be able to pump out your own articles, you know, your own ideas a little bit. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you got a lot to write about too now with the Angels, especially. I mean, yeah, like exactly. Otani, oh, I'm mad about that.
0: I but, um. Oh my
1: god. I've it whenever That's I write about
0: the Angels, I have a hard time avoiding Ot like Otani. All my articles end up being about Otani because it's just he's too he's too electric. Oh, he's like amazing. he's he just draws yeah, everybody yeah. in. He's just he's he's the biggest spectacle in sports at this point. It.
1: Really is. I mean, absolutely amazing, dude. I was so like the. Yan- I remember reading about him a couple years ago, and the Yankees were already kind of gearing up to get yeah. him back then. And when the sweepstakes started, dude, I thought like it was pretty much you know not a lock because no one really knew what he wanted to do. But all the circumstances really seemed like he yeah. should have been a Yankee. So yeah. I was like, when he, when he took them off the list, to like initially <laughs> like like real yeah. quick, like the first time he took them off, I was like. What? I was was absolutely stunned.
0: I I heard, uh, from what I understood, what what I was hearing is that the Yankees thought it was a lock to a certain extent as well. I mean, they were really disappointed from what I've heard um, that he decided not to sign with them because I think that they were really assuming that they were going to be the favorites to get him.
1: They did. I mean, it kind of made made sense. I mean, they had the most, I think they had the second most money to offer him because he was, you know, obviously... But, you know, it was like uh, subjected to those new international signing rules. Yeah. Uh, especially because it was amateur. Uh, but it was just like they they got the most money for him. They have, you know, they needed a starting pitcher. They had room for a DH, too. And then, you know, also just they have established relationships with, you know, Japanese stars going back from Hideki Matsui to Tanaka yeah. now. You know, it seemed like that was the place for him to be, but. Obviously, I think he wanted to be in the West Coast. I think that was part of it, and I think he just kind of wanted—not you know in a low-key spot, but kind of wanted to do his own thing and not exactly. be in the shadow of like a Tanaka or yeah. something like that. That's what—that was that's kind what of what he
0: considered. I think that a lot of people were assuming that the Japanese history for the team was going to be a positive, and I think he wanted positive, his own yeah. situation. I think he wanted to kind of exactly. go into a new area and, and pioneer his own opportunity. Um, in the MLB because I mean the yeah, guy I, Otani he's he's an idiot to be honest like he's 23 years old if he waited until he was 25 to come to the MLB he would have made like 200 plus million dollars but I mean yeah. now he, he I mean it was the ultimate gamble on his own talent and ability because now that he's like he's he's on the verge of basically proving everybody wrong um, yeah and exactly. his ability to to play two ways I mean he just has to keep doing what he's been doing Besides, he had that one hiccup with the Red Sox, but he had he had a blister in his one start. Um, yeah, I mean, got...
1: I, I think so they need I'm... to play him more. I think they need to hit him more. Like, I feel like they yeah. need to take advantage. Oh, they want to be careful with him. That's probably the safe way to go at least it's for kind of... now. If he I keeps playing like this, though, gotta... it's
0: going to be cool how they find him more playing time. It's going to be interesting yeah. because they're gonna. I mean, if he is if if he can do hit if if he can hit and pitch whenever he wants. I mean, at what point do you stop? then be like if, if he's pitching today why why can't we hit him as well I mean he's exactly,
1: he, yeah. he's
0: gonna if he if he keeps hitting and pitching at like this for four years or five years yeah, yeah. or whatever it, by the fifth year he's gonna be he's gonna be pinch hitting and then coming into the ball as a pitcher or something like that I mean the guy yeah. the guys what you could do with a guy like that is it is really interesting in terms of just kind of innovative <laughs> strategies that you could implement with exactly.
1: him. And pretty much like he, as Fe like plays like he is now. I mean, how can he not be the MVP? Almost, you know. Like obviously, you got Trout <laughs> yeah. too, but you know, with all the analytics, like you know, WAR and all that. Like his WAR would be. Sky his WAR high. was one I mean,
0: in in his first list. week. He had a one WAR. Wow!
1: Really? So wow! Didn't know He had point five
0: on Fangraphs. So on on Baseball Reference, yeah. I think he was point eight. But on Fangraphs, yeah. they gave him a one WAR after his first. Wow. Um. Like. Two start or for his first start and his first um, batting appearances after the grand slam. Oh no, no! After the three run homer and the and the homer off of Kluber, yeah. Yeah. he had a one war. I mean,
1: yeah, off no, good pitches too. So it's pretty. Yeah. I mean, I think he made the right choice in the long run for him because I think you know when he was struggling in spring training. Imagine if he struggled with the in New York, York media yeah. all over him in spring training. You that's know? a great point. I mean, that's hard. You're, you're seeing it with Stan right now. You know, like. I mean, Stan's the kind of guy, I mean, he seems like the player who kind of embraces, you know, the spotlight. Like, he wanted to be in New York or the Dodgers. You know, he wanted to be in primetime baseball. And he, you know, he's even struggling with the boo birds. Like, I, pretty, I wrote, that was one of my articles recently. Yeah, Telling people to shut up with the booing, you know. It's like, why are you booing? I mean, if the guy's not running out plays and he's obviously not giving effort, okay, you can boo the guy. But just because he's struggling, especially, like, he's new. And we had him for another 10 years. Right. And you're going to start growing him now because he's struggling when he's a notorious slow starter. You know, he's got all the weight on the world on him already. Obviously, he's learning a whole new league of pitchers, never played in the American League before. Yep. And it's just like he has all of these factors that he had to deal with. And people are – I felt like they booed him as soon as they had the first opportunity to boo him too, some people. Yeah. You know, like, as soon as he screwed up once. Like, immediately he got booed. Like, yeah. I, the first game. The, I mean, the, the first
0: one was the five-strikeout game, right, in his first week. Yeah. And that was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, no yeah. I saw a baseball writer yeah. say he was, like, he was expecting Stanton's first boos as a Yankee to come in on, like, April 12th when he was facing the Red Sox in Fenway for the first time. And yeah. <laughs> ended up being, like, the week before in New York after striking out four or five well, times or whatever. I mean, hey. the Yankee fans are ruthless, man. They're one of those groups they're of fans real. that if you don't put up, they're going to sh- they're gonna shut you they're out. They're going to ruin your They're going to ruin your career. They're gonna they're really you. your career.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it gets people's heads. I mean, like, it really, I think, affects some players. I mean, Dylan Patances, who's, you know, was a dominant reliever for a few years, like one of the best in the game, right? Last year he struggled and, like, blew – it was when Chapman went on the DL. Butances came in to fill in as for for him as a closer, and the Yankees ended up blowing like a ton of close games on a random stretch. Uh, and he got, I think, after that, he just got the yips. Like he doesn't like he he just thinks so much when he's on the mound now, and he hasn't been the same pitcher since. And I think that a lot of that has to do with his fans getting all over him and knowing him, knowing in the back of his head, like I got to make this pitch right now or I'm gonna get booed, you know. And that sticks in his head and then it ends up obviously not doing too well for him. Yeah. But so it's just like you gotta lay off a little bit, give these guys a little bit of space, you know. Like, I understand the frustration. Like I'm not gonna say that, you know, I'm watching Stan strike out five times and all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting here quiet. Like I'm not you know, I'm not getting mad at him. I'm frustrated in the fact that, you know, he struck out. But I'm not booing him, I'm not, you know, going on rants yeah. about how he sucks. And have that's to the rid of them already. that's not the Self-care. essence of
0: baseball I mean people obviously and and any, anything in life people people prefer immediate results and 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 good performance at, at all times but I mean that's not the nature of baseball guys guys the best players in in the sport will strike out a lot and they'll they'll exactly. go through their lumps and that's stuff right. and so it's it's important that fans and, and and the team and stuff don't overreact to anything yeah. Um, to in be- one single it's- moment for sure. I mean, Stanton's a good player. You, we we know he's a good player, and so he's going he's going to go through some lumps at some point, like like he is right now. He's a home run hitter. Yeah. He swings through. He swings from his ass. I mean, the guy, the guy uh, hits a, 500, 500 foot blasts. I mean, yeah, he's, no,
1: yeah, he's got a, he's got an interesting kind of stance that I've never really seen before. He's really kind of closes off his body and everything. But I mean, yeah. for the player, you know, I mean. He's going to be streaky. I mean, he's a six-foot-six slugger. You know, like, he's already strikeout prone. So when you add in the fact that he hasn't seen any of these pitchers before, add in the fact that it's just a completely new environment. I mean, Miami is, and New York are the literal polar opposites, you know. Yeah. So, it's, it's been so cold lately, too. You know, we so <laughs> play like 40-degree weather over here, which yeah. I think is like, underestimate a thing. I mean, the ball does not travel. Well, in cold weather, I mean, I went to no. one meeting already, and me and my dad were freezing there, like, freezing. Like, had, it's, no, it's something of concern time.
0: for for baseball the, the cold weather. Yeah. I mean, there's been an alarming rate of canceled and postponed games um, across baseball Absolutely. this year already. So, I think I it was like,
1: mean, emotions, like 2004, I think I read or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's,
0: like, it's a lot. It's a lot. I have plans to to do a baseball podcast with my cousin coming up. But this is kind of one of the topics that I, I I feel passionate about in terms of it it's it's weird to me how since basically two thousand there have been a number of ballparks that were built brand new that didn't include a um a dome or a, a retractable roof. And yeah. it's I think it's a shame that the ballparks in Minnesota and, to be honest, the one in New York for the Yankees and, yeah, and, and Citi Field for 100. the Mets. Those, those fields are all brand new, pretty much, yeah. and there's there's been a few of them across baseball. And especially with Minnesota at Target Field, I don't get yeah. why some of these fields don't have domes and why it wasn't mandatory for them to to build one because, I mean – Baseball is not a cold weather sport. It's, it's. Big. Yeah, I mean,
1: I've thought about that too, To be honest too, I mean, it's I mean, I was literally
0: thinking of my dad. Like, I
1: mean, one guy snapped. One guy, uh, we watched the Blue Jays play. One Blue Jays player snapped his bat in half, and I literally looked to my dad I'm like that must have hurt so bad <laughs> it was so cold, and yeah. the guy just got right in his hands or his bat just snapped in half. You know, like that, he probably couldn't feel his hands the rest yeah. of the game. You know, and I'm thinking like, you know. When you got a pitcher like Tanaka, and even Severino went through this when he played in Boston. It was really cold. When it's really cold out, you can you can't really. I mean, it's pretty hard to spin balls. All your off-speed pitches are really tough to kind of get a feel for when you can barely feel your hand. You know, so like with a pitcher like Tanaka, when he only throws a splitter and slider mainly, like he he can't really get a grip on the ball. Yeah. You know, cold with weather is like
0: cold weather makes baseball really tough to play. I I grew up obviously out in in the Los Angeles area, so year-round baseball isn't difficult to, to play. I mean, the weather's decent, baseball weather, mostly for for the majority part of, of, the, of the year in California. But I mean, when I moved out to Massachusetts to go to school at Holy Cross, I played. I was playing a little bit of the baseball out there. Um, I, I was competing with the varsity team a little bit, and, and I never actually made the team, but uh, my sophomore year when I was playing with the, with the Holy Cross during uh, their fall season, I was hitting the ball really well and I thought I was going to make the team. I ended up getting cut just because of um, the lack of roster spots available to walk-ons that year. Um, but I remember one morning there was a, a scrimmage that we were playing, and I was hitting the ball really well at this time. And it was – at the at the warmest, it was low 30s. It was probably in the 20s um, yeah. when we played this morning scrimmage. <laughs> and it was so cold. Um, I had an at bat against our hardest throwing pitcher at the time, um, Colin Brown. You remember Colin? Yeah,
1: definitely. 100%. So we were—I
0: was facing him. He threw maybe ninety, uh, maybe low nineties, maybe. Uh, yeah. And he, I had like at least an eight, eight or nine pitch at bat against him, and I, I could not get around on his fastball. I, he threw me nothing but fastballs the whole at bat. And wow. I could I could not get around on it in time because my hands, I couldn't feel my hands. And so oh, he was yeah, just so- throwing nonstop heat to me. And I could not, I, I couldn't get it. <laughs> I was kept fouling pitches off and stuff. And at one point, I yeah. just like, I, I was like, he's got to throw me an off-speed pitch at some point. I was waiting for it, waiting for it. And then I was just like, I took a fastball right down the middle for strike three. I was yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I could not do it. The cold weather, man. It's it's a whole no, other not- animal. <laughs> It's for tough. Sure. I
1: think that's one of the main reasons why, you know, when you're getting recruited in high school and all that, like there's not many players who come from the Northeast that get, you know, get drafted or anything like, uh, you know, in my, we, my baseball team in high school, we won the States and we, you know, we we're not the, we weren't in the biggest division of schools, but we we're in the second biggest division of schools. And we played during the regular season, all the double the A schools, which is the highest, the highest division for the largest schools. And we, you know, we played with really, really good players. We're probably the top, we were probably the top conference in the state. i um, not, am not trying to be biased, but I legitimately think that. I think we sent, you know, all, all the, you know, we won states. And then the team that, uh, the AA team in our conference also won states. So it seemed like we were a pretty good division. I mean, we had no players getting drafted. They were like, we never faced a player who was really getting drafted, um, we had, we, our team had a few D1 players for sure, but it was all like, uh, once we finally, about when I, I think when I was at Holy Cross, we were sophomores at Holy Cross, there was one kid who got drafted from the town right next to me. He got drafted in the first round by the Rays, and one of the major concerns about him was that he played in the Northeast, and yeah. that he never really, you know got much exposure outside the northeast and you know a lot of the pitching in the northeast isn't as good because you can't play year-round you know yeah As compared so, to, think,
0: like, if you if so you look definitely- at the statistics for players that are drafted and stuff like that most of the position players and make it to the big leagues and, and play at a higher level come from warmer states and warmer areas of the world yeah. um for sure. like a lot a lot of a lot of players from the united states who make it to the big leagues are from like the south or southern california um or even like the midwest um, but a lot of the pitchers that make it to the big leagues um, are from the colder states, so like New England and and New York and stuff like that. So pitching is is, is the big thing in the colder areas of, of the country, just because I think that the logic is that they don't throw as much as the guys that are growing up in warmer states. So, so pitchers, yeah. So pitchers who are throwing year round in warmer states are more prone to an injury is what the reasoning is I believe so I mean the, uh, the guys who are throwing it indoors on a, a low at a lower per, uh, a lower rate I mean they're not they're not throwing yeah. as often um That's funny. are sure. more more I don't know their, their ability to make it to the big leagues is statistically yeah. a little higher just because of their, yeah. their ability to stay healthier
1: yeah, well, we did face, like, uh, there's a couple, there's a pitcher who's in the brain system right now, it was, it was a first-round pick near me, too. He's, like, one of the top prospects now, too, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but then we faced, you know, have you ever heard of Jeff Hoffman on the yeah. Colorado Rockies? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so we, I faced him in high school. He was actually, actually, there, was, there was one player who was, well, he went to college, he went to D1, then got drafted out of ECU. Um, but he was—I mean, dude, I had to hit against him. Oh my god, it was one of the worst at bats I've ever had in my life. Like a three, three pitch strikeout threw me like a ninety. Like he threw like ninety high school still, and you know, popped two strikes right off the bat with me, and he threw me this curveball that was like eighty-five miles an hour, which is like where we played. That's pretty much everyone's fastball. And literally, dude, I literally was up there hitting blind, pretty much like pretty much swung my eyes closed. It felt like, <laughs> struck me out in three pit That's <laughs> really funny. <pretty> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> know, All right, but yeah, um, we'll see.
0: We'll see. It'll be a good. It's, a, it's gonna be a good season for sure. I mean, there's a lot of storylines to follow that I'm excited to uh, to write about, and and I'm sure you are enjoying covering this stuff for the Yankees as well.
1: Oh, yeah, man, 100%. Well, we like to play tag with each other with our articles, so I'm sure <laughs> we'll be reading a lot.
0: Yeah, exactly. I always, Whenever I see your your articles on Facebook, I've been starting to share them um, when I can. I know.
1: Doing it to me, I know. Here's a grunt, too. I like reading them all. It's <laughs> good. I was doing it with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was all right, a crazy with me.
0: Yeah, always fun. Always fun to share that kind of stuff with, with a good friend. Um. So when do you start medical school? Medical school? school soon when yeah start? so I'm
1: starting off, so yeah, going back to Tufts so I have, have a few more months kind to of to just work on whatever I'm working on right now but not you know not a typical nine to five job at least so I got some time to then you know, hopefully relax a little bit do some work on a non-profit and we'll go from there <laughs> yeah that's much- cool yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: enjoy enjoy the little relaxation you get now before all that stuff starts <laughs>
1: oh yeah Enjoy
0: it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, after Mike and I recorded this conversation, actually, our two favorite teams, the Yankees and the Angels, ended up facing off against one another in a three game series during the last uh, days of April. So, I had to bring him back on naturally to the podcast to uh, go over that uh, little matchup our two teams had. Um, because I, I wanted to go over a couple of things that I, I personally had a couple issues with, um, with Angels fans and such. Um, but the Yankees are looking good, and the Angels are pretty uh, pretty good so far this season as well. So here's a little additional content for you here on Vicious Talk with NEP. All right, we're starting our, our Vicious Talk segment. Additional um, content coming between Mike Mastriani and, and myself. Um, the Angels and Yankees are two respective favorite teams in major league baseball played each other over the weekend and um i i don't even think we brought it up uh when we talked last week that our two t- our two teams were playing this weekend um i don't i don't know if the um connection no, was made didn't. but uh mike no, for thanks for coming time. back on me buddy.
1: yeah no for sure bro i'm happy to talk about this i had a good weekend
0: <laughs> I know, it wasn't <laughs> so great for my team the angels Um, but yeah, so they played each other Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, the Yankees swept angels, um, in Anaheim. I I wasn't able to make it out any to, um, to any of the games out there this weekend, unfortunately, just because I was um, busy with other things, but, um, both Fridays and Sundays games were very good, very competitive. Uh, one run ball games. Yankees took them both. And then Saturdays was quite the laugher. So. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty
1: surprised the Yankees did so well. Usually they go out there, they don't play too well. I think it's like the whole travel going out to the West Coast like that is pretty taxing. So yeah. was, I think they're pretty bad usually. Yeah, exactly. LA.
0: When I was watching some of the game last night on 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 ESPN, they were talking about with a Rod about the Yankees and stuff, and I think they were saying that since like 2000. Um, or maybe since it, since the 2009 season when they won the World Series, the Yankees have the best record in baseball. But yeah, when they come out to the West Coast, they're they were going into last night's game, I think 81 and 81. So they're they play 500 yeah. baseball when they go yeah, they on usually, the road out west. Usually, um, usually struggle
1: against the A's too. They usually struggle against. So yeah. it was a, it was a for us, but yeah.
0: But unfortunately yeah, for the yeah. Angels, they, the Yankees do have a good record against them, I think. it's it's I, It dates yes, back to when they, the Yankees won the World Series in 2009. They went through Anaheim. I remember those were two of my first playoff games I ever went to growing up. And wow. the, I went to one game where the Angels won in, in on a walk-off double from Jeff Mathis. I think that was uh, like okay. in the 13th inning. It was so, so wow. exciting in that game. And then That's I went to the, the next excellent. one. And... Uh, the Angels lost like in a laugher to the Yankees. <laughs> I was pissed
1: off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean it was a good, it was a good series though. I mean besides the second game, obviously. I mean I was sweating the, the end of the game, both both games. Oh, you said the first the first one, dude. I thought I mean I was screaming. I thought the Yankees came so close to hitting a couple home runs, dude. I thought the game was wrapped up. Yeah. Clearly, I think John Carlo hit one to the morning track off the bat. I looked like a bomb. I literally started screaming then like, didn't look at the TV because I was so sure of myself. Then I look back and my, my mom's laughing at me. I'm like, what, what's so funny? Like, he caught it. I'm like, oh, my
0: God. That ballpark plays big. It does. It, it yeah. plays. Yeah. And they, they've made some adjustments already to it, and I, I still don't think they've done enough. Um, but they, did. did you see it in right field? They have that line in the middle of their Yeah, bigger, that's the good
1: one yeah, so
0: that's, that's a good way to go. So I, we've actually already seen in a couple games, uh, Angels. I think have already capitalized twice on that that new home run dimension on right field. Um, I think it yeah, helped Trout Calhoun and up get an extra one.
1: Yeah, um, no, Calhoun killed us the first game, dude. He's yeah. Rob Torres, I think I missed that. If he missed that diving catch on Torres's like liner, yeah. I do at least a triple. That was
0: and then such like a Rob nice catch. Neil
1: Walker for us too. That wait that. That tagging up play was ridiculous, though. I do not know what the heck Dumps were calling there. Yeah. I didn't get it, dude. Yeah. They're like, first off, it screwed up in two ways because I, it looked like Giancarlo tagged up. But then they counted D.D.'s Dee run when it shouldn't have been counted if they were going to make that call. So, it was like yeah. – because he didn't touch home before they before the ball got back to second. So, I was like, yeah. what are they doing? You
0: know, it's, yeah. It's – those kinds of plays are, are weird now with the instant replay stuff. It's like they just go with it because it's like in foot. You see that in football, already right? because we we've, we've had more experiences with instant replay. Yeah, football. yeah, like, sure. like they say, yeah. like oh, we can't tell really in the in, in the replay, and it's taking too long, so we're just gonna stick with the play.
1: Um, I know it was. I was not. I was not happy when that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I had funny on that game too. I was like really, really hoping that I was like really great.
0: <laughs> really? That's awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, awesome, too. Is I had minus one and a half on the Yanks, and man, I've only won by once. I was like, oh crap. Damn. But it's I, I. They took the win. It's all that matters, right?
0: <laughs> I guess. I guess so, dude. I guess so. The Yankees are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, for sure.
1: Uh, yeah, they're on fire. I think. Uh, offense is rolling. Ever since they pulled up uh, on Duhar and Torres, they're just lengthening their whole lineup. I mean, they got... They don't have an easy out in the whole lineup, you know? Exactly. So they're, they're tough. But, I mean, you also have some guys down, though. Simmons going down Ohtani. Oh, Ohtani's home run, though, dude, was unbelievable. Oh, yeah,
0: that was, I, I, I that was, sick. That. That was sick. I don't know how he hit that. Dude. I don't know how he hit that, dude. It was know, like dude. a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, like... Off the plate inside. in sky. Yeah. yeah, and he turned on it, Kept it fair. It was incredible. Um, that
1: was a, a hell shot. Of, yeah, he's got a hell of a swing, dude. It's beauty.
0: I know, oh, dude. Man. But the MVP of the weekend definitely got to be Gregorius, no?
1: Yeah, yeah. He had a, besides last night. Before yeah. that, he was he was playing. I mean, he's he's on fire, dude. I mean, I I wrote, yeah, I saw that article. I mean, he's he's showing up in a big way. I don't. He's like really just keeps improving every year, and then he has a. He's a I don't. I don't know if he's intentional. – I'm assuming he's intentionally doing it. But he's, he's gotten all into the analytical stuff with, like, mm-hmm. launch angle, just pulling the ball, especially in Yankee Stadium, honestly, pulling the ball like that. But, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's having a hell of a year. I think he's just one player of the week, too, first time ever for him. So, it's incredible yeah. his, his <laughs>
0: career trajectory and how it's kind of evolved over his years. I mean, I, yeah, I read a
1: lot on him and Simmons over the weekend. They're both from Curacao.
0: Yeah, and exactly. And they
1: both played – the same team growing up, dude, and they both obviously have the same, a similar kind of profile coming into the league, just being like all defense. Yeah. They both made those, those strides, so.
0: That's a very good yeah, comparison, that's actually. That's really cool. I, can, I just realized yeah. that. Yeah, because, I mean, both of them were known as glove first heavily. Yeah. And, and Simmons, I, I've been able to follow Simmons in his, his yeah. career trajectory, and it's really, that trade for Simmons with the Angels, they traded um, Sean Newcomb, uh, p- the starting pitcher for yeah. the Rays now. He yeah, um, he was their one of their first round picks, and they got Simmons for him, and it's turning out really well for the Angels. Um, Simmons is yeah. an, and Gregorius in that Robbie Ray trade with the Tigers and the yeah. D-backs that we talked about briefly last week too. Both
1: both worked. Yeah, I mean it's interesting too. With the Billy Epler, I'm sure I'm sure you know, uh, the Angels GM. He used to be Cashman's right hand man. For exactly. The Yankees. He said that you know when he was on the Yankees he was. They were they were heavily scouting both D.D. D. and Simmons to replace uh, to replace Jeter. Yeah, I, I think they ended up going with D.D. It didn't cost them as much, but I mean he he was he was like I mean it's interesting how the Yankees kind of saw saw it in both their players. Obviously, Epler you know, took it to the Angels. Now they're both they're both doing well. I mean they both made huge transformations. I mean yeah. Simmons has got he's one of the. I mean they're both. I mean I think they're banging on the door to get Two to the, of the top best short five shortstop
0: in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're I'm probably the... not on the level of offensively probably as not. as Correa or um, yeah. Lindor, at least at least consistently. Not yet. They haven't driven yeah. themselves to be on that level. But, I mean, I think those two are, when you throw in the glove and, and that aspect of their play, I think those two may be easily top three, top four. Straight right. oh, yeah. yeah, at um, least right now, there you
1: got I mean, I think I think personally, Corey course Seager's really good. But yeah, exactly. I think
0: That's little... what I'm thinking. But Seager's, see, I don't think Seager's been healthy for t- last season, and now going into this season, he has an injured elbow. Um, and course, yeah. so Corey Seager has been, I think he's been hurt. Not, I think it's kind of been affecting his play on the last couple seasons.
1: Yeah, and I just, I just think the AL is so much better than the NL. I mean, maybe not so much, but a pretty decent amount better. So I just think you got to give. These guys, you know, d and the AL East, and then you got you know Simmons in the Angels division too. I mean, they're they're playing better competition in my eyes. So I'm always a little bit more skeptical of players in the NL. I mean, if you just go back historically too, in the last like I, I remember kind of reading about it, like the last like 10 years, something like that. I mean, the AL is dominating, and like you know, interleague play, even just like all the stats behind it too. So I don't know. Seager's obviously very good, but. I think right now you got to put both them ahead of ahead of Seeger, so I think they're both in a good spot. So.
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Hey, well, congrats good. to you, uh, you and your Yanks for the for the weekend. Oh, I right? appreciate it. <laughs> All
1: right, I'm sure you'll pull it together. Don't worry, you guys are a good team. Yeah,
0: it's never. It's, it's you can't. It's it's important not to ever over-exaggerate the results of any regular season series. Um, yeah
1: I know but I mean you I'm always want your they, team to do well yeah for sure I'd rather, I'd rather the Angels get in there than the Astros so I'm going to for you <laughs> I know dude <laughs> the
0: Astros are they're they're a scary team
1: yeah they're a good team too I don't know it's going to be interesting with all the all, there's like a ton of really good teams and a ton of really bad teams so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see, see what the final you know win totals are with everyone
0: yeah I know um, that's, a, that's kind of how like the, the industry is kind of um, recommended you Anker. operate your organization yeah. either being really good or really bad. And yeah, yeah, there's only like sure. a couple teams I, that are like right in the middle.
1: Yeah, I know it's yeah. interesting. Like I just checked the standings last night, and there's—I mean, they're, it's so crowded. Like for playoff spots, like wild cards, and it would be crazy to see who wins that. Yeah, I
0: don't
1: know. I assume one the Yankees or Red Sox gets in, but whoever doesn't win a division. But at the same time, it's still kind of up for grabs for anyone. So. Yeah, Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. I know.
0: It's going to be really cool in the AL West and the AL East. The AL, I mean, the West is probably going to be the Astros. Um, but, I mean, the Mariners and the Angels are going to be there. And right there, yeah. um, the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to battle out on the East for sure. And the Blue Jays are there too. Yeah. So, Yeah.
1: A lot of good teams. We'll see what happens. I, uh, I,
0: I always love catching up with you, Mike. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Any social media? Um, where can people find you for Action for Education? Where are your fan cited posts? Anything like that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so our our nonprofit website is uh, www. the number four education. org. Uh, so you can go on there, and learn about you know everything that we do, and you know how to get in contact with us too, if you, if you would like. Um, then all yeah so for our and then for the sports website it's called yanks go yard uh you'll see you'll see you know if you ever go on there uh you'll see my post up there i post pretty much so I think we we're, we're supposed to do about one or two posts a week I usually shoot for two uh one longer one shorter one so i'll be there if you want to get your daily yankees fix <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah all right man yeah. always good catching up with you um this is a good always, little vicious talk you. episode for sure
1: for sure. appreciate it, man. Thanks again.
0: All right, Mike. Um, thanks for coming on. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon here um, on Vicious Talk, and I'll definitely be in touch with you with texts and phone calls and stuff.
1: Sounds good, my man. I'll talk to you soon, brother.
0: All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Thanks again to Mike for joining me here on Vicious Talk with Benny P. Once again um and thank you all for listening to episode 30 of vicious talk with benny p be on the lookout for more exciting episodes here on soundcloud.com slash vicious talk or in the podcast section of itunes you can find us so now everybody just go out have a great day and always remember to be vicious thanks for listening